Hello, investors, and welcome to episode 10 of Dissecting the Deal. Our guest, Sarah Weaver. Welcome to another episode of Dissecting the Deal. I'm your host, Michael Liddicote, and this is the podcast where we listen to investors talk about a deal, tell us how they acquired it, tell us what they did to fix it up, tell us how they made money on it. And today's episode is a second deal that we're hearing from Sarah Weaver. After our last conversation, she started talking about something that she was working on, and I was so impressed about the story that she had about this property that we recorded it, and I want to share it with you. So I'm not going to take any more time. Just have a listen, and I'll see you on the other side. Do you want, do you want to do, I was, was just thinking, I read this article in Bigger sure. Pockets about a guy who did four properties, and he's cash flowing like $2,000 a property. And of course it was like clickbait. So I opened the article and what he's doing is he bought these single family homes in a college town and he's renting and he's renting by the room. And so, so, so anyway, so do you want to like walk through really quickly the rent by the room and then you can add it as like a bonus to the interview? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Cause I'm like, well, cause I'm like, man, like maybe I do need to replicate this. Like, well, cause the challenge because it's my first one. The yeah, challenge no, go ahead. model is not necessarily finding the asset, right? Because you can find a single family home in, in those markets and stuff. The challenge is how do you turn it into or make it a safe place for the tenant that feels like they want to be in that environment? Because I guess when I went to Central, like I knowing what I know now, like I should have convinced family or somebody else to help me buy a house there. Because even though house houses at the time were crazy, like it it wasn't today's prices. Um, and, but yeah, how do you do that? Because I guess maybe it's just, I've been removed from school a long time, but uh, at the time it was like, oh yeah, you would live in a house if you at least knew one other person in the house. And then, you know, that's all it took was like, oh yeah, we, we John, you know, is buying, his dad's buying the house. And so he's living there. So, all right, let's all go and live and, you know, do that together. But yeah, so here's an interesting thing that I'm doing. So when I bought the house, I moved into it and I renovated the upstairs actually down to the studs and rebuilt oh. it because I bought it as a three, one and a half bath. Okay. And the reason I bought it, I, I, it's so funny when I walked it, the attic was unfinished and the half bath upstairs backed up to a closet. And so okay. my limited, but now I'm realizing very valuable knowledge around construction is I knew I was like, oh, awesome. We're going to bust into that closet and we can put a shower in there. And the plumbing's already there because it was a half bathroom. Right. And so I purposely bought this knowing that I could turn it from a three bedroom, one and a half bath to a four bedroom, two bath. Sure. And, sure. and so that's exactly what I did. And then after I renovated it, I staged or furnished the house for really beautiful listing photos. And I, I traded services with one of my best friends and she's a fantastic skilled photographer. So she took all of my listing photos and I staged the house actually like not even my style. Like I'm more like vintage maps and suitcases and For kind sure. of like a bohemian um, chic. Whereas this was pink, white, like fluffy pillows, marble, <laughs> lots of gold, very girly modern. And I staged it in that way because I wanted to attract that type of tenant. 
Sure. I wanted to attract um, like very, um, I gosh, I just wanted to attract a certain type of tenant. And so oh, sure. I, so, so I staged it in that way and it did exactly that. The tenants that I have are amazing. They pay on time. One of them pays always early. They're all employed. They're kind. They love and appreciate the house. One of them still is like, oh my God, my closet is amazing. And her closet is amazing. You could fit like a king size bed in that closet. The closet <laughs> is to die for. Um, and, and that's the other funny thing. I, so I did live in the house and I didn't live in the master. I lived in the smallest bedroom. I yep. shared a bathroom with my roommate. Um, because at the time, this was in 2000, I closed in November of 2017. So all of 2018, after I finished the renovations, I spent most of the year traveling. Oh, sure. And so it didn't matter if I had the smallest bedroom because I was never there. there. <laughs> yeah. Or if you were there, it's and in then, between stops. Exactly. And so then I moved out, replaced myself, and then the other two girls kept living there and I had them on separate leases. So then one girl did end up moving out. Um, so then I had another girl move in and, and that has repeated itself twice now. And oh, wow. the other tenants in the house that stay, they're the ones who approve. Obviously it's my house and I'm the landlord. So I do, the, the tenant has to get my stamp of approval. Sure, sure. But most importantly, I think, and more importantly, my tenants have to approve them. And does, how do they, how do you get them to do that? approval? Do you just have them do a tenant interview? Just like, Hey, come meet the housemates. Yep. So the, one of the tenants, um, whoever's schedule allows it, um, is the one that shows the other tenant, the house, um, the potential roommate, I have them send me their driver's license. Um, Kansas city is not small, but it's also not big. And so frankly, I've had Facebook friends in commons with all of my tenants, except for the, the most recent one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, frankly, I was like, Hey, what do you know of Julie? I see you work with her at the hospital. <laughs> is, is, is she cool? Is she crazy? So she's very, very cool. <laughs> oh, very cool. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah, dig into me on the numbers on this thing. So you find it, it was, it was not a multifamily at the time. It was a single family house at the time. Yep. It's a single family house. And it was, um, there was a for sale by owner sign in the yard okay. and they were asking two fifteen. Okay. I ended up getting it for 217. I negotiated brand new furnace, brand new electrical panel, and all of my closing costs paid for. Okay. Um, and who found this FISBO for you? I did. I was okay. driving the neighborhood. I was knocking on doors all that Saturday. Okay. So you're driving I was around. living in Denver at the time. I was living in Denver at the time and I flew home to visit my family. And I just knew, I mean, the numbers in Kansas city were awesome at the time. And so I was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to move to Kansas and buy a rental property. Okay. All right. So you moved to Kansas, uh, you're door, you're door knocking, you find a FISBO. Um, do, do you, are, what are you using for forms in order to make this purchase? I use the, um, the purchase agreement in Kansas. I got it off I think I just Googled it. <laughs> I just got Googled, off the internet. Googled, you know, I have to tell you, more people find, uh, uh, I didn't expect this, but I've talked to more people that have found deals, lawyers, and resources on Google that have uh, been the saving grace of their deal. Yeah, I found everything online. And I should, I mean, the audience should know, I was a licensed agent in Texas in 2015 
for what felt like maybe five minutes. I was not building a book of business in Texas because I knew that I knew that I wanted to travel the world. And I've only met one agent that has a really successful real estate business and travels the world. And he has a very large team. And so I knew that that wasn't going to be what I was doing. So I was an agent for about five minutes. And so I do at least know how to read and write a contract. You have those 90, I don't know what it is down in Texas, but in Washington, it's that 90 credit hours, you know, that gets you to where you go. My wife still laughs at it. She's like, you know, it takes more hours to be a hairdresser and does become a real estate agent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And oh yeah, don't even get me started about agent education. Um, but, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. a totally separate topic. <laughs> we can go down the rabbit hole on. But okay, so you get, you find the FISMO, you negotiate at 217. They're going to make some changes and fixes to it. Um, you said once you got in there, you had to refi it, what, or I'm sorry, not refi it, rehab it. Um, what, what did you end up spending on the rehab costs? About 9,000. You only spent 9,000 to go it. from a 3-1 to a 4-2? Yep. So I took the, the entire upstairs um, down to the studs. My dad and I uh, demoed with our own bare hands. I think it was on Christmas or Christmas Eve. My brother <laughs> at the time was working at a movie theater. So we didn't have like our normal family Christmas. So Got I it. put dad to work. And he says, I love you, but I never want to do this again. <laughs> and, and I agree. I would like to make way more money so that I never have to do it again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we demoed it. And then my dad works for a builder in Kansas City. And his connections and his Rolodex has been the most valuable thing for that renovation. Very cool. Um, what did you spend? You said you kind of begged, borrowed, and stealed from a friend to um, you know, get the staging photos set up. Yeah. Okay. And, so. and I, and I staged the house. I didn't stage all of the bedrooms. Obviously I had my bedroom furniture, um, but otherwise I kept the bedrooms empty, but then furnished the rest of the house. It's a really small, cute little Cape Cod. And so we're, it's not a 4,000 square foot home. So it's not right. a ton of furniture, um, but to make it as, I mean, frankly, I'll say humbly that it's so cute and it's really, really cute. And, and to make it that way, um, I did a lot of Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, garage sale, and, and, and then just some shopping. Um, and so I, I did stage it. Um, what do you think? I, it's funny. I got in trouble. I got in trouble once like using the word staging. Cause they're like, well, wait, didn't you furnish it? And I was like, yeah, but I didn't just furnish it. I like staged that house. Yeah. Like it's really, it looks Well, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's not just, yeah, I totally agree with you. Cause in my mind, furnishing is different than staging. Cause staging is like, there's an intentionality behind it. Like this is here yeah. for a reason versus like, oh, here's a tchotchke. Let's throw that up. <laughs> exactly. I spent, yes, I do know. I spent a little over 2,500. Okay, 2,500 to put in all the fixings and everything that you wanted. And then um, did you did you use a property manager to place your first group of tenants? No, I did not. So how did you find I them? posted on I posted on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> and I've done that since, like to, to replace the tenants. And I don't know what has happened since then, because now I get like 100 messages of people saying, is this still available? How much is this? Even though it says in the listing. Um, but at the time, I thankfully got a girl who like me um, had been living abroad or living in different states who was moving back to Kansas City to take over her family business. So she um, is, a, is a Facebook friend. And so she moved in. And then the other tenant saw the listing because her sister saw it from someone who shared it. 
And so for anyone out there, like tell your friends and family to share your listings on Facebook because you never know who's going to see it. And so, yeah, someone's sister saw it from someone that shared it. And then that girl that moved in, we had somewhat like 40 friends in common on Facebook. And so I didn't know her, but we had that many friends in common on Facebook. Wow. Okay. Uh, So you fill it up. How long does it take you to take you a month, two months to fill up? Um, the first girl, I, I posted it before the renovation was done. So that tenant moved in. So I closed on November 30th of 2017. And the first tenant moved in in February. Because um, again, I, I wasn't going to have her move in with like construction workers coming right, right. in and out and meet down to the sun. So I at least got it to like somewhat to a done point. And so she moved in in February. And then I believe the second tenant that moved into that master suite upstairs that we rebuilt, I think she moved in in June. Okay. All right. And how is that property performing? Yeah, it's really, so now that I've replaced, so now obviously I've moved out and someone's moved in. Um, I'm renting the house out for $2,225. That's a pretty good, decent return. Okay. Yeah. For a single family. Yeah. So my PITI, my principal interest taxes and insurance is I believe 1478. Yeah. So what you're getting just about almost 800 bucks a month. Yeah. On a single family. On a single family home. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Not bad. That's pretty good. Okay. Well, uh, what's your, um, and this thing uh, you mentioned a little before, like as roommates are coming in, they're getting replaced, they're going. And so this seems like it's a model that's working. I mean, you've got, you got kind of that carryover, that legacy tenant that's always going to at least know a little bit of the culture and history and, and care for the home. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's funny, like the older I get, so I'm 30 now, and my friends, we were all dying laughing because I'm like, yeah, do you guys know anyone that needs a roommate? And my friends all look at me. They're like, uh, we're like married with kids now. Like, no, we don't know. <laughs> and so I'm kind of like aging myself out. And, and for people on the coast, they're like, oh, 30s, like still young. Well, like we're talking about Kansas. And yep. so, <laughs> and so that's been like a really funny thing. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Like I'm definitely not going to have 30 Facebook friends in common with my tenants anymore. <laughs> yep. I'm making a note here. Well, that's so cool. Um, I, I'll give you the insight on why you're getting all those, uh, like how much is this, you know, is this still available? All those sorts of stuff. It's because those are the ones that uh, Facebook messenger has as quick press buttons. And so they're yeah, just exactly having you with that. And that's, that's funny. Yeah. Well, and the, the listing I'm finding because it's rent by the room and it's not the entire, so people see the room is for $700 Yeah. and they immediately think that the whole house is $700 yeah. and you're like, no, of course not. Oh, so I think that that's worth sharing is that, so I'm renting it for 2,225. Okay. But the market rent for the area, if I was renting it just as one lease, right. would be about 1700 So I'd still cash flow because, yep. again, my PITI is, is just shy of 1500 But I'd be making significantly less. 
Yep. I mean, almost $500, $600 less. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're working on that cash flow and working on, you know, building up your uh, reserves to get to the next property, I mean, 500 bucks a month, that goes a long ways towards helping achieve that next goal, of that next property. Yeah. Well, also just like how much I can get approved for. I mean, right. that's been a huge struggle for people that don't have a lot of capital. Um, you have to be careful that you're buying properties that rent high enough so that you don't get into a situation where you can't qualify for more. Right. Imagine that. Imagine that you have an asset that you don't have to visit, that the other tenants kind of police each other and decide if they want to have that tenant in there. So you're never at a deficit for people that want to be in the property, but you've also got people self-managing the property and kind of policing each other. And you get to continue to live in New Zealand uh, where the pandemic has kind of dropped you or where you've dropped during the pandemic. What an amazing property and what amazing asset and strategy that she's found. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing that with us. Again, if you want to connect with Sarah, we'll put all of her contact info in the show notes so that you can find her on Instagram and connect. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope if you've made it this far, you feel like you've gotten something of value out of this. And so I'm going to ask for something of value in return. If you wouldn't mind leaving a like or a rating or subscribing to the show, it really helps because everything in our world is run by algorithms. And the algorithm is going to determine if this show is something that someone else who's interested in real estate would potentially like by leaving a review or hitting subscribe, you're helping this show to find other people that could use the advice, the examples, the information in the show to become better investors and more successful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your attention. Stay safe out there and I'll see you next time. <laughs>